I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Ears and Timestamps, a book club podcast. We're finally doing it. The Harry Potter cast. Harry Potter podcast. Nostalgia. Potter podcast. It's nostalgia, but it's fall. No, is nos- it fall? Nostalgia podcast. When's the first day of fall? First day of fall 2020. We're not there yet. Oh, we've been Tuesday, it? September 22nd, literally today. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, we're here. We're in it. First it's day of fall. fall. Nostalgia. We somehow timed that perfectly as if we knew what we were doing. Well, I mean, good things must be happening, man. Destiny 2020 is our year. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get it in 2020. Yeah, man. Especially with this nostalgia, nostalgia podcast of Harry Potter. And mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping this will trigger some like young memories that I didn't remember I had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any of that yet. I don't think. I don't no, know. not while I was reading, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to like pull it out of you, like from oh right from uh, the, us the discussion, about it. yeah. Because um, I don't know uh, how. I guess let's get into. It. Did, you, did did you have a good time? Did you like reading Harry Potter? Yes, it was just fun. There yeah. was like nothing negative about reading it. There was never a time that I was like, oh yeah, I got to get another at least one more chapter in today. You know, there was mm-hmm. never any of that. It was like the first day that I read was, I can't remember, maybe it was Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I just read seven chapters. It was just, okay, nice. seven chapters in. It was basically like, like I got up to the point uh, of the, the sorting hat chapter. You know, yes. them arriving at Hogwarts and then lining up to get ready to go get sorted. And then I read uh, 10 chapters, mm-hmm. right? Or no, I read, I just read three chapters the next day. Up to 10. Yeah, okay. up to 10. Just because I, or through 10, eight, nine, and 10 is what okay, I read. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's really all I had time for that day. And then yesterday, uh, um, after work, got home, walked Vader, made dinner, and then just sat down and read the rest of it. And it wasn't like a chore at all. Yeah. It was just great and fun. The, the book moves really strangely because nothing really happens until the last three chapters. And like everything happens in those three chapters. Like, they find out about Fluffy pretty early on. That's, like, the first day of flying lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, Neville breaks his arm, and then Draco and uh, Harry get into it, and then they challenge each other to, like, a wizard's duel later on in the night or something like that. Yeah. And then they... They get chased. Yeah, and they end up in the the room or whatever. That's when they find the dog. Yeah, they run into two Peeves, and then Peeves rats on them. Yeah, yeah. Because Malfoy had actually tricked them and played Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't actually going to be a duel, yeah, because Malfoy's a coward. Well, no, and, because and, he knew he could get him in trouble. Yeah, but I mean, he's also a coward. I mean, he would no, never. No, <laughs> I, I, I consider that more the, Sly- the Slytherin cunning, not the Slytherin. Um, I, I don't know if I consider them cowards. I consider that cunning because he wa- he didn't want to fight the whole time. He knew it'd be pointless because they can't really do any magic against each other because they're fucking mm-hmm. first years. They've been in school for like three months. They can't do shit. So he just wanted to get him in trouble, I think. Yeah. I th- Well, I think he's definitely thinking that way. Oh, I don't think he did it cowardly, though. I think he was cowardly, like, up in the air when he was flying against Harry in the Remember All stuff, like, yeah. how he couldn't, like, beat Harry flying, so he's just, like, he panicked and he threw the ball. Like, I thought that right, was cowardly. Right, right. Yeah, then, yeah. Because then that's when Harry, like, actually irks him, and he's like, uh, you're awful tough on the ground now that you got your little friends back with you. And he's like... Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I guess it could be interpreted as cowardly. I don't know why I'm defending Malfoy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that, because... I think you're absolutely right. He definitely does exhibit the traits of your classic Slytherin of, you know, being smart 
mm-hmm. and and how to get what it is that you want and yeah. making use of the resources available to you mm-hmm. to do those things and not being afraid to do whatever it takes to get those things. Um, but but I think that he also is as a character until close to the end, whenever he's so far into the dark side that he's got no choice but to go through with some of his actions. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only time that he stops being like really cowardly a lot of time because almost not almost and well because it's been maybe over a decade since i've read the books maybe i'll be i'll prove myself wrong by reading them but like in pretty much like all his confrontations with harry and or anybody else that we care about it's always just like you know he just talks shit and he tries to act big and then he never does anything or something happens to him and then he cries like when buckbeak scratches him in the third book you know he just starts like crying and moaning and groaning when he was just trying to act all tough against it you know yeah He's just, I think he's naturally a bit of a coward and maybe because he, you know, was coddled as like a rich child and blah, 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 you know, other things that you could probably say about that. Um, And I think that that seeps through in a lot of his decision making, whether or not he's actively doing that. I think it's interesting because Malfoy could be in almost any of the houses. Like if he was in like forced to be in Hufflepuff, like say his parents died or whatever and he didn't have parents and he was like forced to be in Hufflepuff but but he kind of like grew up with a little bit of a resentment to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like he could become like the leader among the Hufflepuffs kind of like a right. uh, Cedric Diggory type mm-hmm. or he's he does have courage in my opinion in in a lot of different times and and uh there's a lot of times too later on that we'll see. Yeah. I don't think that but, we ever get to, and I know well, and I mean, I we're immediately wrecking what we coward. said we were going to do is well, we're no, going to talk mean, about the future, but I haven't I, talked about it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that he exhibits any courage until he starts actually having to do stuff for Voldemort, like in the sixth and seventh books when he starts like, you know, whenever all the bad stuff is pretty eminent and he I'm has to pick to a side. Of, and so he takes his parents side, obviously. Yeah. And that's when he starts doing things that are a little bit more forward and actively trying to fight harry and like uh, whenever that's honestly dude in my opinion that's like the, when he decides to be cowardly like that's the the cowardly choice hmm. is to just go with what's easy and what's expected and what your family wants so i'm trying to think of something in the first book that's like him proving his 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 uh courage but i guess he doesn't have much courage in the I'm trying to give him a lot of benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like, for a while, we don't get to see him act a lot, though, because he's not well, a main character. Yeah. You know, he's just the antagonist. He's the antagonist. You know? And yeah. I th- one of them, actually, among Snape. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Snape is a huge villain in this book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. <laughs> Which too. I totally forgot. Like, I remember early on always hating Snape. Like, God, mm-hmm. this teacher fucking sucks. And yeah. now with all the knowledge that I have, I'm like, okay, like I get him it's more. Funny, he's too. still a dick, but I get him more. Yeah. It's funny too, because the whole time he's like looking out for him. Yeah. But he's still a douchebag. Yeah, he's to him still the a whole total time. dick. It's like, there's bro. that line that Dumbledore has at the end whenever everything's being revealed. Harry's laying in the hospital mm-hmm. bed. And, and Dumbledore says, like, you know, reveals to Harry that James had saved Severus at one yeah. time in school or whatever. And so now he feels like he owes him, which he hates having to own because they hated each other. And then in the line is, and I guess he thought that if he saved you, that would make him and your father right. And he could go on uh, resenting your father in peace. And I was like, God, that is such like just a dick way to live, which I also get because I do <laughs> no, that. No, I can totally <laughs> empathize with that too. For that to be like, and obviously that's Dumbledore putting that idea upon Snape. But I mean, Dumbledore knows Snape better than probably anybody yeah. else. But him to for him to interpret Snape's like just or you know motives as being he wants to just resent James Potter in peace mm-hmm. is <laughs> such like a shitty way to live. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that's why he does his thing so that he can hate. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but back to Malfoy. I, I don't know. I guess I was just saying, like, he exhibits, like, all of the different traits that I think each of the houses would have mm-hmm. been proud of. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. I think he's very he definitely smart. Could, yeah. You know, he could be mm-hmm. in Ravenclaw. I feel like if given the right group of friends or whatever, he could have been courageous and noble and honorable and, mm-hmm. like, chivalrous and been in Slytherin. Like, say he had met, um, like, James and how James and uh, Sirius meet. That's there. I read this like fan fiction about how they met and like them going on like some adventure, and mm-hmm. it's just. I'm just saying. I guess like Malfoy could be a different character, exactly. Yeah. And 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 that's what's interesting about him is he's kind of since he is like the leader of like these two goons, mm-hmm. he kind of has to embody all of the traits. Like if there's a right. plan, he has to concoct it. If mm-hmm. there's um, like they're just the muscle and, yeah. and he is even the muscle a lot of times because he's the best wizard among the three of them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and his dad is the richest and most powerful right, yeah. <laughs> among all I think of, that, my dad's better than your dad. Right. But, uh, I think part of that Malfoy ending up becoming a really well-rounded character, mm-hmm. obviously in the first one, there's, they don't take any time to round him out at all. Yeah. He's just the, the dick in the other class. Right. Yeah. But I think that part of but that, yeah, what makes enough. him a rounded character is that he's just sort of the other side of the same coin that harry's on and that's why they're rivals Mm -hmm. is because malfoy has everything that harry didn't have Mm -hmm. and it and is on the wrong side of you know the fight for most of it Mm -hmm. and harry is on the right side of the fight for most of it but they both could easily be in other houses or have taken other paths in life or whatever like none of the neither of them and a lot of the characters in the series for that matter are not just like archetypes of like an idea of a character yeah. or what you know is defined to us by the houses like slytherins are you know painted out to all be bad guys obviously Man, they're not the sorting but... hat even makes them all sound bad in the sorting right, hat yeah. song it was like they'll they'll do whatever it takes exactly, to get what they you want exactly yeah. what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah whatever it takes and i was like whoa that's not cool. right, yeah that's <laughs> like the, that made it sound like they'll step, yeah. on, they'll step on anybody else to get right, yeah, to exactly. the top and i was like oh my god dude. yeah <laughs> like that sounded bad but uh I mean, if you if you got to make one of them bad, <laughs> at least it right, doesn't sound yeah. innately evil. Mm-hmm. It sounds like okay, like I can at least so just antagonistic. It. it sounds like entrepreneurial, you know? Yeah, um, ambitious, prideful. And, and the hat's probably sung that before. You know, it's sang a billion. times I think it before. changes the hat, or it, it changes the hat. I think doesn't it change its song every year or its presentation? Because doesn't one year it just like says like like five words or something like that? Well, yeah, there's like. Ron says it offhandedly one time. I don't know what book, but mm-hmm. um, maybe the second Ron book speculates because... that the Sorting Hat writes a new song every year mm-hmm. because what else is it going to do? It's sitting around all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing nothing else all year, so it yeah, thinks that it exactly. spends the whole time writing a new song, mm-hmm. um, which is silly. But that's like an offhanded comment because I googled that or uh, one time. Mm. Uh, I okay. I guess I'll ask you my my question is like, what happened to Fluffy? Yeah, that's definitely one of those things that like never gets talked about again, I don't think. So I went on to I want to say that like Hagrid just takes him into the forest somewhere well, yeah, and lets Hagrid's him live dog. there. But, yeah. but if but if he had just put him in the forest, we would have run into him. I mean, we ran you would into Aragog so. several times. I yeah. mean, we would have run into Fluffy. Fluffy would have been friends with like Grop or whatever. Like what I ended up finding out after I googled it was that um J.K. Rowling replied in a tweet or something mm-hmm. in some doesn't really matter. Right. But she said that uh because 
I think some people say that he got released into the Forbidden Forest, and I don't remember that hearing that ever. I don't remember it. There's something in the back of my mind that makes me think that just like a throwaway comment at some point, Hagrid says like, oh, yeah, he's over there or something something to that nature. But I could be totally wrong about that. Yeah. Well, what she what said does Rowling say? <laughs> that Dumbledore um, had a, had the dog sent back to like where it like to its home country. I forgot where it, what country it was, but it, he had it the, sent back to the river sticks. <laughs> well, no, like, yeah, I know. Well, but. <laughs> you, know, you, know how, you know how like the green Welsh is like. The common green Welsh is right, like the yeah. dragon that flies around Britain. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's it's like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forgot. I googled. There's it just somewhere ago, where but, giant three headed yeah. dogs are common or uh, indigenous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They live in the mountains over there or some shit. Right. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So Dumbledore had it taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, it's definitely one of those elements because all of the like the the retroactive stuff that Rowling's been doing on Twitter for the past you know decade. I, I pay no attention to any of that because I really don't care. Uh, the, the the fluffy stuff is, as far as like the books go, is definitely one of those just like forgotten story that elements. That one was a forgotten yeah. one because he Or like it just didn't make like, sense for it to come back in a book or whatever. So yeah. she just was like, I'm just not going to deal with it. He just disappears, whatever. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that is a good answer after yeah. the fact that like, well, Dumbledore had him taken away. He, like, that's a crazy animal to have running around the forest. Yeah. <laughs> like Hagrid right. has no control over it unless he plays Besides putting it, it to sleep. play a song. Tempor- yeah. Temporarily because it like wakes up almost immediately. Yeah. If you have to <laughs> take a breath it'll yeah, wake up right. yeah it's so yeah like yeah uh over the course of a series it is impossible to maintain that character yeah so. <laughs> well and technology would not work at hogwarts like it just mm-hmm. doesn't like they've got force fields and shit that knock it out so right like if we went in there we couldn't even play like a record player or anything like old school we couldn't play anything to it like we would have right, to literally yeah. play our own music and make it i guess maybe bagpipes you could kind of have going constantly mm-hmm. is there never even a record player that plays i mean there's literally a magical record player yeah oh, okay i think because like, i would I'm have sworn sure that there was that... like at some point in well, the castle have, like, somebody has a record player that somehow work but they're yeah. like magic they're like magical because they only tune the into like the magics are, are, yeah like, the most famous band <laughs> yeah they're like the Beatles, not the beatles um, weezer would that be an accurate thing to say because they're rock music right but i don't know i feel wire. like they're supposed to be uh, analogous of Twisted Sister because Probably, they're described yeah, yeah. as being like outlandishly dressed even for mm-hmm. like you know Witches. magic folk yeah um so I I've, I always figured that they were supposed to be analogous of Twisted Sister but it does also seem weird that they would have Twisted Sister come play a school dance in the 90s like that just doesn't make sense Unless for any Twisted time period Twisted Sister is actually like they're actually witches, and that's what she was saying, you know. And but then, that like, music doesn't make sense for a school dance in the nineties. Is I what know I the mean. Music, I guess. Okay, so. they're, they're they're like eighties hair metal. No, that works. <laughs> <laughs> in a castle, come on. I feel um, like a Weezer makes more sense in that scenario. I think Weezer's more versatile than Twisted Sister. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways. Yeah, well, that's fourth I, book spoilers. I think that none of the like muggle stuff works like i think if yeah you, i think if you had like a, like like a watch that. made mm-hmm. by a watchmaker you know then like you go to hogwarts i don't think it would work the weasleys have wristwatches though yeah but then i but i think that ma- has, I probably has magic magical it yeah has i don't see i don't see why they would on. buy it from like a, obviously they're you know they're not going to like the zales to buy a watch or whatever well, also, but 
but like a watch is a watch like there's not really anything well their watches are different too i think but i don't remember i know they've got that clock at home but well and dumbledore has that weird watch that they describe in the first chapter that has like planets and stuff like that that's that's those are the watches that you get on your like 17th birthday or whatever like harry gets an old one Mm. but uh it's exactly like that it's like the moon revolving like it's like three or four moons revolving around yeah it doesn't make any sense unless you yeah uh it's pretty cool just like listening to this book again and like i listened to it twice (laughs) (laughs) Um, i know i had texted you about how i had started it because there was a a reference to kirke in it uh and i was like hey we know who that person you're like yeah i already finished it i was like dude this is like the the fifth chapter damn dude (laughs) i was like thursday or whatever i mean i i I should have expected as much but yeah that was when they were collecting chocolate frog cards yeah and uh and he was those were all the ones yeah ron was like telling him about he's like oh yeah the, the you don't expect him to hang out all day, do you? Yeah, and then by like the end of the day, Harry had collected all those ones, and Kirke was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- uh, I was about to say David Attenborough. Uh, freaking Jim Dale, whoever the freaking narrator is, mm-hmm. said, uh, seriously, <laughs> noob. <laughs> Clearly doesn't know Greek like we do. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, Greek. <laughs> Greece, that's where Tom Hanks lives right now. Yeah? Yeah, he's a citizen of Greece now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody is saying that too. And there's like this big conspiracy that because it's not illegal to, like, you can't be charged for pedophilia in Greece. Oh so God. that's like what everyone's saying is that he moved there for. So I don't think that's true. We don't even have to keep that in the podcast. <laughs> but that's that's, why, so, that's wild. so freaking weird. What a ridiculous, like, conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, there's also a lot of ones where they're like, drinking the 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 nectar from babies basically like they had that, also like have they a hard time <laughs> feeling like that that greece doesn't persecute pedophiles they've got something i something feel weird like that, that has to be like a base level requirement for joining the eu like, like, like are they even part of the eu yeah you say with a question mark I mean, I don't have all the European <laughs> Union countries memorized, but I'm anything. pretty positive they are. I just know that conspiracy about Greece and Tom Hanks. Like, <laughs> That's so bizarre. It's so weird. And um, it always made me like curious about magic. Like whenever I would fantasize about getting like my 11-year-old... Like when you get your owl, yeah. When I get my owl from Hogwarts, like mm-hmm. I, it was always from Hogwarts, it, so I would have to go to Britain, you right? Know, yeah. like to go to school. Well, certainly as it we were growing never... up, we didn't know that Ilvermorny existed, so we wouldn't have ever. Well, it doesn't. That's, well, that's not true. canon. Neither, neither actually <laughs> exist. There are only the three schools: uh, Durmstrang, and I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know there are obviously a ton. There are American schools. We learned that later on. I'm in but in like the, the Wampus House in Ilvermorny. I don't know anything about. It's some sort of magical creature. I don't know all the the and all the houses in Ilvermorny. It's a weird word. It's like I L V E R something. Uh, are named after like North American indigenous magical creatures. Yeah. And mine's the wampus. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, there's a lot of stuff in this book that to me, it felt like she reread the first book every time she was getting ready to write another book. Like mm-hmm. whether she was writing the third one or the fifth one, she reread the first one. And sometimes she probably reread the first two or first three, but she was always right. pulling mm-hmm. from that. And I feel like she put out so many outliers, like Fluffy. 
she could have brought him back. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she had so many gems just lying around for herself to then collect yeah. over the next seven years or six years of this boy's life in mm-hmm. in the Wizarding World. And it was just, it's so much fun being like an, a super fan, I guess, in like listening to it obviously i don't read it <laughs> just like mm-hmm. listening to it and then and then remembering like oh yeah she's like she can pull from this and like this is her laying some groundwork and i never i mean it'd be hard to ask her i guess like do you did you plan this <laughs> like, right did you plan yeah. this on purpose or did you go back and reread the book i i think that she reread i would it. be willing to bet that that then, she went back and said oh that's a good string i can continue mm-hmm. you know i can i can weave that through this way but I think I would be more likely to believe that that's what it was. Yeah. And I mean, some of it, though. Rather than like, being some sort of like mastermind of like forward thinking. <laughs> there's some stuff that I feel like is master forward thought, masterfully mm-hmm. forward thinking. Like, because. I think maybe once you get to like the third or fourth book, maybe that's whenever she was able to start seeding things purposefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would be surprised if there was anything that far reaching in the first couple that were that was intentional no i know that 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 would be the real the real cool thing to like i guess ask her is like how much is how much was like already preset like did she know the whole story um i mean there was some like the more i read it there's sometimes that i'm listening to the book and i'm like she is literally she literally killed the old author that wrote this book and traveled back in time to our time and then gave <laughs> us this book because there's no right. way that she came up like it is so well put together man mm-hmm. like there's so few holes for how many times i've listened to this book i do not have that many holes that i can poke in the story like yeah. i don't have that many holes and flaws in any yeah. of it dude and it is so good and then once you get out of it into the other like the fantastic beasts and stuff then then you can start getting all silly right with the yeah. holes and stuff. but like the first once seven, you get out of the man, singular story yeah it is so impressive to me and every like that's why i'm so obsessed and i keep reading it mm-hmm. and it's like that that's why like this time through i was like man now i'm asking about fluffy like mm-hmm like and that yeah. that's not even that big of a hole like right, that's yeah. that's so such a nothing you yeah know? it's not important at all yeah and um, it i think that the like we learned the, that ron is scared of spiders in this book yeah because fred and george his friend lee jordan on the train has, has a giant a spi- tarantula, a giant tarantula yeah. and then ron got green or whatever and he's uh-huh. like oh yeah you know and right, then right. um that, i mean we learn that and then it becomes a thing in the next one mm-hmm. you know like it's just there's it was so well, I think Man, it's certainly it like so some stuff good. like that is, you know, like we both said already, like at least for the first one and maybe the second one, maybe even the third one to varying degrees, most of it is just her going back to those three and mm-hmm. looking and saying, okay, that's something that I can continue on now that I need something to get me to this direction for the fifth book or whatever, you know. Um, but I think certainly like as a specific example, the spider thing with Ron, you mm-hmm. know, we find it out in the first book, although very passively. It's not like he then says, I'm definitely afraid of spiders. Just so you know, Harry, this will be important for you later. Mm-hmm. You know, we just see his reaction and can extrapolate. Oh, he really doesn't like spiders. Um, that's just good character building. It's just giving characters little bits and pieces that add to them as people mm-hmm. and be like, you know, I'm afraid of stuff, obviously. And if you have, if something were happened to, you know, expose me to that, and I would, I would probably recoil from whatever that thing is. And the person who didn't know me standing over, they'd be like, "Oh, he doesn't like when he doesn't like spy or whatever." You know, and you have mm-hmm. to whenever you want to build good characters, certainly ones that are going to be your main characters, like Ron. Uh, you want to add things like that, and so yeah. I think that for at least for that specific example and a bunch of other things besides like that, 
That's just, she's just making great characters and then can go back and say like, oh yes, Ron's afraid of spiders. This will be a great way to have this story beat later and blah, 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 you know? I think that like sometimes it is down to the literal words that she wrote. If she had Mm -hmm. wrote that sentence one word differently, it would have changed something like huge. Like I've been Mm -hmm. listening to parts where I was like, how did she word it like that perfectly and then make it important later on? Like some of it is so it's, I think that some of that is also at at the very base level, just consistency in writing, I guess. But I mean, I don't even know if I'm getting my, my, my real feelings across. Cause like, Mm -hmm. cause some of the stuff that she says, I'll, I'll listen to the exact words, word choice that Mm -hmm. she has put in there. And it is so important later on. Right, in other right. books that and it doesn't make sense how she couldn't have thought that ahead of time like i need to word it exactly like this and it doesn't seem like it's just a coincidence because it's like that aligns with this which aligns with this which was in like three different books right and it was just like how the hell did she plan that out so good because it matters in the last book too mm-hmm. and it's not just one of those things that i think that she could have reread the first one because i do really think she probably reread the first one every time she was going to write another book mm-hmm. but man i wish i had one of those examples because sometimes i'll be listening i'm just like jesus christ i swear she is a time traveler like she mm-hmm. stole this book and then like <laughs> and she was an editor and then she's stole it and edited it so that it was perfect right. and then released it in the past or whatever. Maybe she stole it from herself. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously that's not true. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I, I start to believe sometimes that she is Rita Skeeter. That's a huge fan conspiracy that like Harry Potter is real and she's Rita Skeeter and was banished into <laughs> the muggle world right. for writing such like mm-hmm. callous stories about people out there. And right. then like, that's how much I think that some of her like exact word choice is it is almost magical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think guess that I she is across, a very just... skilled writer. Yeah, man. Far more skilled than the majority of authors out there. I think that she also is very purposefully consistent in her writing. I think she pays a great deal of attention to how she writes. I think that she takes it extremely seriously, probably obsessively so. And so that's why... And, and obviously every single you know, case that we might bring up to discuss and, you know, over the course of us reading this might be very case by case basis mm-hmm. um, where one situation might have been where she just went and pulled one situation might have been like, certainly by the time she gets to like the fourth book and she can see the larger picture, you know, because mm-hmm. when she wrote the first book, she just wrote it for her kids. She was, you know, basically homeless at the time. Uh, you know, she didn't know this was going to become, you know, a worldwide phenomenon, seven series or seven book series, eight movies, she, not counting the Fantastic Beast things, you know. I'm pretty but, sure she took them <laughs> from someone in the future. Right. <laughs> like she knew. Um, but, uh, it, and, and so there's, there's probably different uh, examples of each of those different things and all the different things that we might come across and end up discussing over the next couple of months. Um, but I think that the, probably the most common uh case of all those scenarios is that she's uh, is just her uh, ability and seriousness that she takes her own writing mm-hmm. and that she's just very consistent the entire way through yeah and and in her her habits and her quirks are almost exactly the same the entire way through you know how like every now and then certainly if you're reading a long series or a series that's taken forever like game of thrones mm-hmm. or a song of ice and fire rather like it seems like George R. R. Martin just 
found a new word in thesaurus one year and so he's just using it all the time all of a sudden in one yeah. book when he had never used it before that yeah. doesn't happen in harry potter no. like she's extremely consistent and i think that she's purposeful about that and so i think that um like in the non-example that you were coming up with because you couldn't find the actual mm-hmm. example uh of, of like how like you know something happens in book two mm-hmm. and then it comes up again in book five and then it matters again at the end of book seven or whatever i think that is uh and likely to be an example of that consistency that she takes so seriously. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. And and, and to some degree that some of that might not even been purposeful. It's just that I always write consistently. Mm -hmm. So it came out this way and that's great. And, And now, and certainly in the editing process, you then go back and say like, okay, yeah, I see what I was trying to do here, but if I, change it this way that makes it more consistent and that makes it better and it gets the idea across better because you know it goes you know any novel if you have a good editor and if you have a serious publisher you go through like you know a, a dozen for, edits i would love for yeah. there to be like a conversation between editor and rowling where, where they're like let's change this to this because it's a, a little bit more like it's just easier to digest sentence and she's like no like it has to <laughs> right, be yeah. like this <laughs> where do you give and where do you you know actually you know collaborate yeah. and let something you know change or, or or where do you stick to your guns because you believe that this is the way it has to be said for the purposes that you have for it yeah exactly i think that would be interesting to see probably for most you know author situations yeah because i feel like certainly early on whenever you're a new writer or a new creator of any kind not even just writing but music or whatever you know and you're having to talk to your producer about how to make an album um i think early on in a lot of people's careers people are uh considerably more reluctant to let things go like that Mm -hmm. like no this is my vision it's going to be this way and then as you become experienced you're like oh no you know what i probably should listen to the editor right here he's right um this uh so i know this was back like in the 90s when like harry was going to school or whatever Mm -hmm. uh but all of the like characters they're like not the most pc like uh there's like I feel like they always drop like an in bomb level insult between two uh, like creatures of the same race, like the two centaurs. One of them called the other one like a donkey, and then that's when Ferenzi got pissed. He was like, "Yeah, you mother, don't call me." And then he right. like, dude, that was the n word for for centaurs. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the next book, we learn another n word that I'll talk about. And um, it's just it's funny. I feel like so frequently like there's just these huge things it's like dude <laughs> right this big drops yeah for sure and uh, and it just isn't as big a deal to us because we're not like of the we don't community. have the context of it right yeah. you know <laughs> and uh but you can even see that in things that we do have general context for like if i just call somebody a cunt like that's extremely rude mm-hmm. if i'm an extra you know if i'm in australia and i call somebody a cunt they're like oh no you're a cunt dude you know like it's just fun you know <laughs> yeah um, culturally, in two English-speaking countries, that word has extremely different contexts. You mm-hmm. know, it was, uh, it was whereas they find "bitch" to be extremely offensive. Really, is what I've heard. Mm. Whereas we just call everybody "bitch" left and right. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's like a almost a term of endearment. Like, I'm it's definitely bitch. still rude, so some, but it's, like some it's a little it's, bit more. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, not as dramatic if somebody calls you a bitch yeah. in America. Um. Yeah, and it is that is really funny because it's one, it's a step removed because it takes place in England, mm-hmm. which is a culture that we're not a part of, and so yeah. they have their own idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. And then two, it takes place in a fictional society that is itself apart from England. 
I thought I, man, I had something. Lost it. Oh, well. I was trying to think of what my favorite moment of the first book was. And there were a couple of times that I would come across like something in the book. And I would think like, oh, man, it's such a a great moment. And I thought Mm -hmm. about like, you know, taking a picture of it for Instagram or something, you know, corny like that. And like the first time that I thought about that was whenever Hagrid gets to the island to pick up Harry. Mm hmm. And he's like, oh, no, I got to write Dumbledore right quick. Let him know I got here. Yeah. And he writes a Dumbledore and he says, like, hey, I got to Harry. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. We'll, uh, Weather's go, terrible. <laughs> we'll go pick up his books in the morning. Hope you're doing well. Weather's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's yeah. just a really funny, um, with the circumstance of everything, because up until that point, you're living in the mogul world, right? Mm-hmm. And the the... The oddness of the owls coming starts and and obviously if you buy the book, you know that there's magic in this book, right? If you're a first time reader, unless somebody literally yeah. just hands you the book and says, read this book that you don't know anything about and you're an acquiescing person and you do so, uh, you're going to know that there's magic in this book you're about to read, right? Mm-hmm. And then like Harry describes like the weird things that have happened in life where like his hair grew back and then the snake thing that happens yeah. that we see and then all the owls starts, you're like, okay, this is where it starts. But it's all like really serious and Uncle Vernon's going off his fucking rocker and they go, you know, to stay on this shack in the middle of the sea. And it's all like really crazy. And then some giant bangs down the door and has a confrontation Mm -hmm. with his family. Everything's like really high intensity at that moment. Uh, And then (laughs) and then Hagrid is just like, hope you're doing well. Weather's bad. (laughs) It's really fucking funny. I was cracking up. And then the next one was uh, whenever they get back. From fighting the troll on Halloween to the 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 room, mm-hmm. and they all the three of them just stand there after they get through the fat lady painting, and they're just like thanks, and then they go get food, and then the yeah. line is like, um, but after that moment, Hermione Granger was now their friend, and I was yeah, like, You're, some, that's the genesis right there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's some things you can't do without liking one another. Afterwards. One of them and is defeating a twelve foot mountain be, troll. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's such and, a great uh, little passage, and it like really sets the tone for the rest of their relationship throughout the entirety of the series. Yeah. That like they had each other's back. Like mm-hmm. the fact, like that immediately Hermione's okay with breaking the rules a little bit after that, you know, well, <laughs> she's not I getting mean, onto them about stuff as much. Well, and- she was always kind of interested in it. I feel like whether it was breaking them or not, like, she I don't think always- you can make a 180 like that without being predisposed yeah. to accepting the reality of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then certainly with that being such a huge catalyst in her life of like, she's definitely interested like, in those two boys and what they're yeah. doing. Like they yeah. were interesting to her more so than, you know, like mm-hmm. how Pavardi and Lavender just became BFFs. Like mm-hmm. Hermione could have probably joined up with them, but right. Yeah. Like something about, because she kept bugging them, you know, like mm-hmm. they were bound to be friends in, it, and that was like the sweet part too that Harry remembered her and he was like Hermione and then Ron's right. like oh what do you mean and he's like she's in the bathroom and right. he's like oh, fuck alright let's let he didn't cuss right, <laughs> he's yeah. like alright let's go and then uh, and they broke out well they broke off and they mm-hmm. walked with the Hufflepuffs which I was like okay they wouldn't be walking that far the Hufflepuffs live right next to the Great Hall I would know <laughs> you like you leave the great hall and then there's like a like a hallway with like this staircase leading mm-hmm. upwards you like go behind the staircase and you go down that hall and there's like a, a barrel that like a bunch of barrels you know yeah. you have to like tap one of the barrels and then like Ron a, and Harry must have had that conversation open. like at the door of the great hall right huh they must have run in Harry must have had that conversation of like, Oh, we gotta get fucking Hermione, like yeah. at the like leaving the Great Hall, leaving, like yeah, at like the door. For that to be feasible for yeah. them to just like 
move 10 feet from the Gryffindor first years behind Percy to the oh, other to yeah. the Hufflepuff first years following whoever their mm-hmm. prefect was, you know. Yeah. That's the only time that that could have happened, you're right. It wasn't like, you know, 5 minutes on the way back to Gryffindor <laughs> Tower they're like, "Oh shit, we got to go back. Yeah, oh, there's so the Hufflepuffs. Let's get behind them." <laughs> that, that's cool too though is that they immediately thought of her. Yeah, they yeah. were like, oh, "Crap, you know, we should go help her." And um it, it was cute how they kept finding way, like, I thought it was cute. I mean, I don't know why I have to say cute, but I liked how all these obstacles, even though they were big enough to keep somebody out, like, they still figured out a way to get through them, like, when mm-hmm. they were going to get uh, the Sorcerer's Stone, you know, and they were going to stop Snape, they thought. Uh, the Philosopher's Stone? Is that what it said in your book? I read, the, well, the, the uh, I have, the first two I have in English versions, and mm-hmm. I was reading it. Okay. I wanted to read it to see if there was anything particularly different. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, the Philosopher's Stone is what they call it. And then the only other thing that I... It's it's been over a decade since I read it, so maybe I'm implanting in my memory the way that the English version has things written out, and so there's probably Mm -hmm. some things that I just missed. But they kept calling their exams revisions. And that is something that I felt like stood out to me this time around. Yeah, they don't in in the American one. So I guess that's something that's different as well. Interesting. Yeah, they don't call them that. They kept Um, being like, oh, my God, we got to do revisions and revisions and revisions. And I was like, what are they talking about? (laughs) And I was like, oh, they're talking about the exams. (laughs) But anyways, you were talking about. um, What did they call them in this? I would figure they call them finals or exams in the American version. I think they, I think so. I think it's just something that basic. I just can't remember right now. Yeah. It's just something that we know, obviously, because we have that in our schools. Yeah. That we have finals and exams or whatever. You know, those yeah, are like interchangeable term, words. Yeah. yeah, end of term paper exams yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, a couple of more revisions. Anyways, you were talking about uh, obstacles, but they were able to like find ways over like when they went to go get the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, it was it was cool. I was also thinking like, how would this have stopped actual Voldemort? And it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. because he's he's literally like, he's like the a shell of yeah. yeah. If actual Voldemort was there, he would have been able to fucking turn it Fluffy just blasted into a hole in the wall. He would have transfigured yeah, right. Fluffy into a mouse. He would have freaking flown down the the thing, past the the thing. He wouldn't have even touched it because he can fly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he would have flown through that door. He would have evaporated through the door and then through the fire. And then he would have like destroyed the mirror and gotten the stone out of it. Like he right. wouldn't have played by any of the rules. Yeah. That we know. <laughs> like it would have just, and, uh, and it was just cool that like they were able to figure out a way to do it all the way through. Like everyone had their moments. And uh, I mean, it really showed too that each one of our squad, Harry, Ron and Hermione, they kind of embody the different qualities of the other houses. Like Hermione's mm-hmm. obviously like a Ravenclaw surrogate. Ron is like the Hufflepuff surrogate. And like Harry is our like hero honor uh bravery and uh and those are all important for the final stage so mm-hmm. that's why harry is like the most important like he is the anchor if we're going to use track terms right. or swimming terms that's why where i know it but uh so he's like the anchor pulling up the rear he's always the last one to finish off the fight mm-hmm. and then um it was cool because ron showed his uh his merit by being like he wasn't he wasn't the most logical because that was where Hermione came in. Hermione came in and she was the logic uh, and she solved the logic puzzle of the potions, you know, mm-hmm. but Ron, he was the uh, strategist, which I was like, Oh, that's really cool that they gave strong Ron like this strategy. He always kind of holds the team together. Um, he'll like, 
I don't know. It'll be interesting going in later on to think of that as his role for me because I've never really done that. Thought of him as like the strategist Mm -hmm. for for their their plans and stuff. Because a lot of time it's like all of them, or it's Harry, or it's uh, like Hermione, or so it's one of them pushing pushing one of the plans. Uh, Like even later on, Ron is looking to Harry like, "What are we gonna do now?" Like, and then the heat of adventure is in his eyes or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and then Hermione, we need to go to Dumbledore, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then they did, yeah. Um, yeah, all of that it's just cool. I happens so quickly. I forgot that I was talking about that at the beginning. We got distracted by Fluffy. But the like the, the whole book is sort of like the first seven chapters are just getting to Hogwarts, right? Like a yeah. third of the book, which is fine. It paces well. I never felt like it was weird. I just after reading it for the first time in a long time, I'm noticing this. And then they spend a lot of time at school. They're just like dicking around and being introduced to the wizarding world. Also mm-hmm. makes sense. Not a problem. Um, and a couple of times throughout it, like clues as to what the climax is going to be take place. Like they, they find Fluffy fairly early on in their mm-hmm. time at Hogwarts. And then um, Harry sees Snape had injured his leg at some point. And yeah, then, they make Harry the seeker, which plays a good role later in them getting through right, all the yeah. obstacles like if he wasn't the seeker mm-hmm. he wouldn't have the skills to get the key you know it's but just... then like there's not actually any real build-up to the problem until the problem happens it's just all of a sudden uh oh we know that he's trying to get into the the vault now and, and it's gonna have, happen tonight and they just had the hunch because dumbledore left was that all? yeah it was? That's, that's all, all that's it really is yeah <laughs> and then and then they go that night and then that's it and then he knocks out and wakes up four days later or whatever and Dumbledore just gives him, you Wait, know, the explanation, and then uh, that's the end of the book. <laughs> Wait, they, they didn't know Dumbledore was gone, though. They did because they they decided they were going to go tell Dumbledore, right? Um, because they they realized that um, that Quirrell had given in to Snape and was going to help Snape get past the last thing, right? Is what they were because they were still thinking it was Snape at the time. Yeah, so like, okay, let's go. That? Um, that was what Harry overheard. Harry overhears Quirrell he's... talking to somebody like in a room. And then they go speak to Hagrid about um, what did you trade for the dragon? Oh, and that they knew that. And then Hagrid's like, oh, well, he, I told him about Fluffy and blah, blah, blah. And, and he was yeah. like, and so that's when Harry has the epiphany like, oh, shit. Now they know how to get past Fluffy. Let's go tell Dumbledore. Thing, yeah. So they go try to find Dumbledore and McGonagall's like he just left for London. Yeah. And so like and, and then everything is just boom, 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 boom in like two chapters, which is fine. It's just weird to for there to be next to no buildup a couple of small seeds but nothing that would ever give anything really away yeah and then just everything rising up to the climax and then happening and then settling down in two chapters <laughs> yeah there's actually quite a bit of resolution too which is yeah. nice it's very it's very like i don't know well mm-hmm. done i thought like there yeah. was it works really well it's just odd and this, I just yeah. had never noticed it until this time running through mm-hmm. um, that it truly all does happen in the last two chapters. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little like the, the last two chapters are through the trap door and the man with two faces. That's what's so impressive, too, I guess, is that it's just like it is the same level of fun all the way through until you get to the like the rising action climax and yeah. <laughs> then it gets like really good and then it's over. So much of this series is obviously the main storyline, right? It's defeating mm-hmm. the Dark Lord, it's saving the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But 51% of this series is the characters and the world that they live in. Yes. And so that's why I think that it's not a problem that the first book paces out in this fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, because 
you're at least 1% more invested in the characters in the world than you are in the main story. Yeah. The main story is, uh, and certainly as you get through the rest of the series, the main story becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Like even in the second book, the conflict starts almost immediately, you know? Yeah. Like the, the conflict of the Chamber of Secrets is throughout the entire book and you know more or less that's what it is. Yeah. Um, you don't find out that it's Voldemort that's behind it what? until the end <laughs> or close to the end rather. Um, but it, it's more traditionally paced out as far as a, as a book goes, right? Whereas this one is just like nothing happens. Everything happens. The book's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because the characters and the world that they live in is uh, by at least 1% more important than the or the, the it has the majority stake of importance in the, the makeup of this series. It's totally fine. And it works really well. Well, it's so funny, too, because you're right there is like no importance going on but it's like it's almost like how there's nothing really going on the entire school year yeah but still there's stuff going on and there there was stuff like drama going on obviously Mm -hmm. like that first interaction where like uh malfoy had tricked them and then they had to pay and then they you know got caught or whatever and had to pay the price and ran into fluffy and got hermione got pissed and then um and then every quidditch like the the whole time like they're always talking about the the house cup and like every like they Mm -hmm. go through several quidditch games where it's like pretty intense and like harry has to overcome some challenge and those are all small little like rises and falls yeah up to i guess that must be what keeps gives it so much like good context and then like next year we have so much invested like oh cool we get to get back with the quidditch team right we get to go it's like the highlights of the school year and the way that we might recall like competition for marching band or something like that but we don't remember you know much fun she is so good at writing and i think that some of it has to do with her raising kids while doing this Mm -hmm. because she is so good at developing these characters and making them say things that i think people would say yeah the embarrassing thing or the thing that they say that in a in a in a way that's like i don't know i'm an adult and i wouldn't say it like that but a kid right, would right. say it like that mm-hmm. and it doesn't come off rude or weird because it's a kid's i don't know she just right. does it sometimes where i was like man that was weird how she said that but i know she said it that way because it was a kid saying it mm-hmm. and i don't know she just she's so good man like i'm so impressed and i wish that i felt that way about like her other books that i've read that are outside of the series mm-hmm. But I won't get into those because I don't want to badmouth her. Just like this series all in all, it's mm-hmm. like it, it blows me away like every time, man. Like I yeah. get so happy when I'm back with Harry and the gang and I just like get to go. Like I was so excited to do the podcast so that I could start Chamber of Secrets because yeah. I've been like I had to re-listen to the first book because I was so eager to listen yeah, to right, Chamber yeah. of Secrets. And, uh, and yeah, it's I'm excited exciting to start to it. it. I like Chamber of Secrets a lot. I think, well, I go back and forth between which one i like the least i like them all but there's i definitely sometimes go back and forth between chamber of secrets and order of the phoenix as being my least favorite of the series yeah and it seems to change every time i go through the series but i pretty frequently am between two and five as being my least favorite i feel like five is really slow for a lot of it for what I remember, Is that where we meet Umbridge. Yes, because that's when you know Voldemort, because Voldemort comes back at the yeah. end of Goblet, right? Uh, but uh, the Ministry wants to deny it, and so then they take an active role in the running of Hogwarts and all of that. Yeah, hmm. I I used to think that the third one was my least favorite. 
But after, I really like the third one because I love Sirius it, so much. Well, after re-listening to it, it is so well written. It, mm-hmm. And dude, I was re-listening to it while we were doing the podcast in mm-hmm. like other books, and I was just like, man, the way that she did this one, like she was really like that yeah. was the one where I really think that she was like, I can fucking write a book, yeah. and here's me, show, here's me rules. showing you that I yeah. can, mm-hmm. and it fucking knocks it out. Like yeah. I used to think like, oh, it's boring because we're redoing the same scenes, but it's like no, no, we're not. Like we're we're reliving those moments with the way she did it. Like, oh, dude, like we'll get there, but I. I Re-listening, I'm super impressed. So I'm excited to see this time through too. I guess which is like which will rank among my favorites. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think we should probably um, do some of the movies too. We don't have to necessarily do like a movie episode, but I think that, right, uh, yeah. we should. Incorporate I had those. intended on watching the movies as I was reading them, but I let myself get a day behind reading this time, so I didn't watch the first movie um, after finishing the book. Uh, I'm going to watch it before I start Chamber, okay. and then hopefully. I pace myself out a little bit more effectively, and I'll uh, the have the night before recording next week. I'll be able to um, watch the uh, Chamber of Secrets movie as well because I want to watch the movies in addition to reading the books. Um, yeah, it's just fun, and certainly with these first three, where we're you know just blazing through them one a week um, because they're relatively short. You know, they're only like around three hundred ish pages each. Uh, you run out of content. And so it'll be good to watch the movie to get just that extra bit of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that might have held me at bay. I think we have all of them in our uh, Google Play uh, video library. So you should be able to just stream it from that. Yeah. You think we can tweet at Daniel Radcliffe and he'll Zoom with us? (laughs) I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I don't think so. Okay, well. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that's a thing that's going to happen. I mean... It would, it would really help his career. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. He needs us. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know I don't know if there's much else that I, I can think off the top of my head that I want to mm. add to it. I know I'm going to keep... Reti- like, I know I'm going to keep hitting back points from the first book. It's just... It's too easy not to just because like we're gonna see stuff in the second book that i'm gonna be like i remember from the first one when right, she, right, she laid yeah. the groundwork <laughs> and that, that'll be that'll be the best part about these next episodes co- going forward is that like feeling free to reference the past books right and, like because it's hard not to think about the f- the 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 rest of them and know? i don't mind thinking about it while i'm reading or whatever mm-hmm. and I, oh know, yeah I, of course while we're talking I, I don't actually care but like for the context of our, our show of the we, show we would yeah. like to try and keep it, in <laughs> it we would better life. serve the show to be focused on what has been read right <laughs> and uh but but while while i'm reading having the other ones in my memory mm-hmm. you know it is it's a very cool, unique, new experience, and then right, doing right. that with somebody else that's done it is uh, is a lot of fun for me. I don't think I've ever actually done that. So yeah, it's sort of like you know how we used to talk at the beginning of the show, uh, how this is sort of like the fun version of a book report. Um, yeah, but now it's like the double fun version of a book report oh, because it's the, a series that's like you know we've read like a million times and that we already know and that i want to read again and, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and want to talk about it yeah. with someone who also has that same experience mm-hmm. um so yeah that that's funny that you say that um uh man I th- man i thought i was thinking about something a second ago but i've lost it whatever hmm 
I don't know that I have too much else to say about the first one. The first one's pretty, pretty simple. Oh, yeah. I, really, I, I feel like the the book ends in a way that would have been okay if it had not been successful, and then she didn't get to go on to write the other ones. Because it's sort of think it does. Yeah, because uh, Dumbledore says like. Whenever he's giving, you know, the exposition to Harry slash the reader about what happened after Harry passes out and what that means and, you know, what so Voldemort's back or whatever, Dumbledore sort of like lets on that. Oh, maybe if we can keep him off. Yeah, that it's just going to like this is the process now is that, you know, we we have to fight him off whenever he makes another attempt and we just have to remain vigilant. But I think we can do it, you know, buddy. And then, you know, like everything closes off and. Harry, like, you know, makes sort of plans with Ron and Hermione no, for you're the summer. Right. No, you're and right. then he's like, but the Dursleys don't know that I can't do magic. It's going to be fun. And then it's sort of like, okay, yeah, blah, we're done. Yeah. It totally could have ended there. And honestly, it brought, I bet for a lot of publishers, it was a daunting task to think of like, oh, crap, like this kid's going to school for seven years. That's seven books, obviously. Like it would yeah. be kind of a big ordeal to think like, all right, if we're going to let her keep publishing them, like... It's it's a lot to do. I feel like a mm-hmm. lot to live up to for seven. Oh, man, I'm I just such good pieces of like yeah, world building and literature and mm-hmm. it's fun. It's I so bet fun. once like she got the deal and then wrote the second one. I think and it'll be interesting to now read to continue reading and see if that happens again. But I would be willing to bet that that sort of vague ending that could go either way mm-hmm. doesn't happen again. After oh, the I first don't think book. so. No, I think you're right. Um, one thing too, I did notice is that I don't think she understands money in the first one. And I don't think that she understands how the point system works. Um, because yeah, yeah, they're like one point for that wonderful answer, Hermione. And and then, and then like literally in the next book you'll see is just, they're throwing points around. I'm pretty sure first day Hermione gets like 35 points and it's just like, what? (laughs) Like it was impossible to get a point like for in the first book. Like mm-hmm. they were not throwing, they got five points a piece for defeating a mountain troll. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're throwing around such little points and a wand is 10 galleons. In, all right. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> one of the later books, a freaking uh, unicorn horsetail hair mm-hmm. is 10 galleons. Right. Yeah. It's but, hard to come up with like. A that whole is one of the fake economy. That is know? one of the components of the wands. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, how is the wand worth the same amount as just the hair? Oh, well, inflation, man. I mean, you know. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess Dumbledore's phoenix feather didn't cost shit. Right. But, like, yeah, I it's, know, it's just yeah. like this first one. I, I'm definitely not holding that against her by any means, but I don't think that she really understood money at least in her world, the fantasy world, yeah. in the first book, to make it correspond well with the other books. Um that's I feel like if I'm going to make up a fake system. currency or I'm going to make up anything of that nature, if I was writing a series and it was going to be a series, I would reference the numerical value of any of that stuff almost never because I wouldn't want to run into issues like that. Right. Because you're and trying I to mean, make up a fake economy. Well, you're not we, an economist. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know? To, oh, to, dude, and it scares know, the shit. Out, it scares the shit out of me in the next book when, like, we see the Weasleys' like bank account. Like, we literally see right, their yeah. vault in Gringotts, and I'm and I know how money works in this in this world, <laughs> and I know how much it costs for freaking Jenny to go to school, right? Because I know how much Harry spent last year. Yeah, 
Dude. It's just so in yeah, it's inconsistent. They, I don't know. They must literally go into so much debt every year and then pay it back off because right. of how hard Mr. Does, Weasley do, works. Yeah. Is there a credit system in the wizarding there must world? Be, man. The goblins must have him by the balls right, like, yeah. every year, man. Like that's why he lost all his hair. <laughs> right. He's like stressed out. But he's so happy. He's not really stressed out. He just lost all his hair. Money's tight, but whatever. Yeah, Money's right. always that doesn't matter. And yeah, I mean they have magic and Mrs. Weasley like is, The Weasleys are the best. Oh, they're so cool, man. I love their family. <sighs> Let's end on that. Yeah. And uh, on the Weasleys. Yeah. So obviously book two for week two. And Harry, Potter Harry Potter and the Chamber Ms. of Secrets. Nostalgia podcast. Just read the whole thing. Yes. And then it's like, or at least in my, in the, the hardcover American edition that I have, it's like 335, 340 pages or something like that. I think it's like so. 12 hours, 10 or 12 hours. It's like a mm-hmm. little bit longer. Yeah. And, uh, a couple solid afternoons of reading if you're really into it. Yeah. I, I, man, these books just get better and better too, I think. I mean, obviously, I'll, we'll pick a favorite at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's never like a... It's I'm, never like, damn, I have to read this one. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to get to Goblet of Fire. That's yes, my favorite man, one. Man, that's so good too. That's my favorite one. Every single time I go through the series, it's... That consistently my favorite one very good yeah but anyways we'll uh, see y'all next week chamber of secrets um and uh, maybe if we've given ourselves time uh m- movie uh, commentary a little bit as well not individual episodes like jordan said but just as a part yeah. of the conversation yeah it'll be it's fun to kind of just compare and in contrast a little bit see what yeah. i mean none of it's really some of them are so different well, like the the uh through the trap door is so different in the movies and oh because yeah, like we don't is. see snape's test in the movie no we uh the the keys attack them and mm-hmm. the the key the the flying trial mm-hmm. in the movie where they don't in the book he just goes and just gets the key <laughs> yeah. relatively easily yeah there's they're just flying around <laughs> the uh devil snare thing i guess goes relatively about the same yeah um they well, there's there's one other i feel like that they don't go through or maybe i'm misremembering um or that gets changed pretty dramatically because well, it was in the movie they they fall into the devil snare and then they go through the the key room and, and then they go through the chest then it's chest and it's and then functions. it's snape's thing and then it's he went the, through the mirror. they did do snape's thing didn't not they? in the movie i think so because he walks through fire well no uh whenever he gets to uh and and well you know if we talk about the movie next week we'll verify because yeah, we i could possibly be misremembering as well but i've seen the first movie a little bit far more recently than i read the book but yeah they don't the, uh, talk through a, a yeah you're right they don't do the potions in the movie the the fire that happens riddle. in the movie is whenever he's talking with uh quarrel and he, oh, he, he realizes it, yes. that it's snape and he's or once he gets the um the stone in his pocket or something yeah. like that he starts like making his way back and Quirrell just puts up a firewall behind mm-hmm. him. Um, and he just leaves her with Ron, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, you take Because they don't do the potions care. thing, they don't need Hermione's logic skills for the movie. And so, yeah, at that point, Harry's just like, you take care of Ron. I'm going on, you know? Nice rhyme. Yeah. And then Hermione kisses him on the cheek, which does not happen in the book. Oh. She just gives him a hug. Um, a little embellishment for the film. Yeah, that's cute. I uh, I can't wait to read the next one and talk about it. Yeah. This, this awesome. <laughs> uh, you guys know how to find us. We're on everything now. Facebook, everything. Instagram, Twitter. 
Dougie's and timestamps, here's underscore stamps, here's dash stamps. I mean, there's there's, there's a bunch of different variations. If you just Google search it, you'll find it. Yeah, it's all on the Anchor website too, which is mm-hmm. uh, ears Anchor.fm slash ears dash stamps. Yeah. So go there. Where you can support us directly if you so feel inclined. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, share this one with your friends. Everybody's read Harry Potter. So uh, share it Everybody with your friends. Everybody likes read Harry the Potter. Book. Um, if you guys want us to talk about anything specifically, if you have any questions from the books, I would love to try and figure out some answers to some crazy, weird fan questions. That's yeah. always my favorite thing. So if you guys have fan questions or fan anything, and not like we're the authority on Harry Potter, but I know that I've Googled a lot of weird-ass fan questions and had <laughs> a lot of, like, fell down a lot of nerd rabbit holes mm-hmm. with these. So I would love to fall down more or, like, right. Be, right. You know, or learn some new stuff about the freaking universe. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it. That's everything. Cool. Um, nothing to add. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. His dog is in timestamps. Go Stars, go Texans.